Recode Radio presents Too Embarrassed to Ask, hosted by me, Kara Swisher, and Lauren Good of The Verge, powered by digital media. Today's sponsor is Casper. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash recode and using the promo code RECODE. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Tech Editor at The Verge. And this is Too Embarrassed to Ask, a podcast that's all about making technology easier to understand and use. If you have questions that you've been too embarrassed to ask, then this is the place to ask them. No tech question is a dumb question. We'll give you the answers, plus our views on all the latest gadgets. You can submit your questions in advance by tweeting them to at Recode with the hashtag AskRecode. That's all one word, hashtag AskRecode. No more slash. Also, you can post questions on our Recode Facebook or just email us directly. And maybe we've already answered your question in one of our previous episodes. So you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes. That's at iTunes.com slash too embarrassed to ask. And while you're there, leave us a review of five stars. Five stars for Kara. Five stars. None for Lauren. Zero <laughs> stars for Lauren. Kara and I are not in our usual studio. We're in a hotel in Silicon Valley where incidentally there seems to be a pretty big dead spot of cellular service. Uh, And this week's special guest is going to be dialing in from New York if it sounds a little bit different than usual. So this week on Too Embarrassed to Ask, we're going to be talking all about Wi-Fi calling because these days you don't have to rely on your cellular carrier for all of your cell phone calling needs. There are tons of options for making phone calls over Wi-Fi instead. It used to be just Skype, but now you can find Wi-Fi calling options in Skype, Viber, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, Google Hangouts, Line, and the list goes on and on. Right, and all of these can be useful when you're traveling and don't have an international calling plan, or even if you have really spotty cell coverage at home, but you do have a stable Wi-Fi connection. I actually have a lot of questions about this myself, Kara, because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people use Wi-Fi calling. It's widely available, but aside from the occasional FaceTime audio call or a Skype call to talk to people overseas, I really don't use it all that much. Do yes, you? I do. I do. I like do. it. Yeah. What, what's your go-to app or way of... Goes. Um, all of them. I use all of them. I've used uh, Google Hangouts a bunch. I've used Skype. I've used WhatsApp. I don't use Facebook Messenger, but there's no reason why not. I just... Uh, Google Hangouts I like a lot. Both do you, video Does your and wireless audio. carrier offer... Why, like to default to Wi-Fi calling? Some carriers do that no, now. No, no, I don't have no idea. I just okay. turn it off. I turn off the phone. Right. But sometimes I use it. But you know, the whole question is: is calling even a thing? I mean, it's just people message and they Snapchat and stuff like that. So I mean, I think what calling has changed really. I don't even like being on the phone anymore. You just got a phone call. I know I did. I know I did. You're on the, you're actually on the phone a lot. I am on the phone a lot, and I don't like the phone. So, but I, I I'd rather text with people my whole life if I could. Well, we have another great guest today to help us figure out the best options for making phone calls over Wi-Fi, and that's Stephen Van Well. He's the co-founder and CEO of Karma, which makes Karma Go. It's an incredibly useful device that's not just a mobile hotspot, but it offers kind of a, a pay-it-forward service for Wi-Fi. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, tell us a little bit about Karma for those of us who um, aren't as familiar with it. Thanks, Lauren. Karma, like you said, is the easiest way to get yourself and all your devices connected to the internet. Um, and while you're doing it, we make it incredibly easy for your friends, family, but even complete strangers to hop on to your Karma Wi-Fi and enjoy seamless connectivity anywhere in the U.S. And then isn't there some type of system where if other people are using your hotspot, you get more data as part of your plan? Yeah, so one of the unique things that Karma has been doing since the day that we launched is make sure that we do not only get our own customers online, but we've called it spreading the Wi-Fi. We want to make sure that 
wherever you are, whether that's a hotel lobby, a train, or somewhere at a busy airport, anyone around you can jump onto your Wi-Fi signal and get online. And while you're doing that, while you're sharing your Wi-Fi, you get rewarded with free data. Compared to any other mobile hotspot or telco out there, we actually like it when people share their connection. And we reward our customers and the guests connecting to a Karma Wi-Fi with free data, all while uh, no one is sharing the data and the data consumption that is tied to your account. Right. So it's not really about Wi-Fi calling. It's providing Wi-Fi in general without having to rely on the usual mobile providers, right? But That's right. That's right. And we want our customers not to think about where the connection comes from. But where does it? Where does the Karma Go rely on? What, what connection? Yeah, so Karma Go rides on top of the Sprint uh, 3G and 4G network here in the U.S., and our customers never have to deal with the, uh, the big, bad networks behind Karma. Um, you just deal with us, you deal with our mobile apps uh, or through our website, and then you're good to go. So that's in the U.S. What about abroad? Uh, so abroad, we have a few companies that we really like. Uh, Skyroam is one of our uh, competitors slash friends that works uh, outside of the U.S. But we tend to be focused purely on the U.S. market and deliver, in our case, the most flexible uh, and shareable connection uh, out there. So I read an online interview in which you said that you, you ditched your iPhone at one point and you relied entirely on an iPod Touch. And that was part of your, I guess, your experimentation with Karma, just using a hotspot. Um, how did you do that? How did that go? Yeah, so that actually started about, I think, three, four years ago when we first came to the U.S. Both me and my co-founder immediately turned our phones into airplane mode. The thing that happens is that your phone turns into a brick and you really have no way to get online. Um, when we launched Karma, we finally figured out a way to get our devices connected to Wi-Fi almost 24-7. And we started to realize that you really do not have to pay for voice or data, for that matter, if you are connected to Wi-Fi. Uh, and we started to replace the native dialer on our iPhones and with apps like Fiber, like Skype, etc. And at some point, we realized the iPhone turned into an iPod. And especially back then, uh, the iPod was a great thin device that would extend the battery life. <laughs> like I think we would say like 2x your iPhone. And we really never looked back, started to use apps like Google Hangouts uh, to port my U.S. number. And still, four years later, now back to an iPhone, mostly because of Apple Pay, but still without a SIM card and still on airplane mode for the last four years. Ah, interesting. So but you don't use your iPhone for anything else but paying just because of that? Yeah, I think I use my iPhone for everything besides calling. Um, besides hmm. uh, text, I hardly ever use a normal use iMessages. I think everything goes to one of the million apps that everyone uses. Voice messages go through also one of the five, six apps that are connected to my phone number. And you never really look back when you realize that on airplane mode there is really no difference from your normal daily routine uh, while your apps start to like ring and push notifications. Uh, interesting. So explain Wi-Fi calling. What is Wi-Fi calling? And is it any different from VoIP, which has been around for a while? I think it's based on the same idea of VoIP, where you use the internet to make phone calls. I think the big difference with Wi-Fi calling compared to using Skype or FaceTime is that it uses the native dialer. Uh, so on your iPhone, the big green icon with your phone inside starts to ring even when you're connected to Wi-Fi and have bad or almost no uh, 3 or 4G reception. 
Um, so it's an easy way to not change your habits, but still make use of the power of Wi-Fi over a uh, often slow and clogged 4G connection. And you've mentioned a few apps that you've used, but which of all of those would you say is the best, in Ooh, your opinion? Um, I have had a like love-hate relationship with, uh, with Google Hangouts. I think you're not alone in that. <laughs> What's the hate part? What's the hate part? Uh, well, the hate part is mostly that notifications seem to either work really well and then you get 10 or not work at all and then you miss all your phone calls. I would say that like, my favorite app probably is Viber. Works across the board from Windows to PC to Android. I often switch phones as well. So I like to have an app that works everywhere consistently. Uh, Viber is one of the best that I've experienced. But funny enough... Even apps like Burner, where you could just create a phone number on the fly when you need to make a reservation or need to dial someone you rather not dial, often deliver on what you want to do. You can make a quick phone call and sort of distance yourself from being tied to one phone number. That is the thing that we here at Karma let go a long time ago. Um, and really just pick any app that sort of fits the bill at that time and stop worrying about if people can reach you. And while you do that, you'll notice that most people simply refer to just sending you a quick message and try and ask you to call them, uh, which is often more convenient than having to be disrupted by uh, a phone call every, uh, every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, phone numbers don't matter anymore. I don't even know people's phone numbers anymore. No, like now in my know. contacts list, it's tied to so many different yeah, identifying exactly. forms. Absolutely. So how much money would you estimate you saved on just using Wi-Fi? Well, I look at it this way. At Karma, we have a thing called Refuel, uh, which allows you to buy data that never expires. Uh, So I often just refuel my account with one or two gigs a month, spend probably anywhere between 15, 20 bucks a month, and do everything. It means that I don't buy data at a carrier, don't pay for voice, don't pay for text. I would say that a normal subscription is anywhere between 40 and 60 bucks. So I think it quickly comes down to a few hundred dollars uh, that you save annually uh, if you just switch off your cell and data subscription and just go Wi-Fi only. But have you ever had an instance where for whatever, maybe your Karma Go died, the battery died, and you weren't in a spot with Wi-Fi and you really had to make a phone call and you couldn't? Yeah, so I think I put like karma to the ultimate test when my uh, wife was pregnant of daughter number one and son number one two years later. And even then, during the time when you sort of want to make sure that you (laughs) always are in at least within reach of your phone, karma survived pretty well. It often happens when uh, your battery runs low, uh, the battery doesn't last for uh, three days. And what happens if you, you get to feel more comfortable with the idea that it is okay to not be connected to the internet for what? like 30 what? minutes. What? No. <laughs> Kara's just broke out in a sweat. <laughs> you, are, you speak blasphemy. Can you stop, please? You're, you, we have to deal with you. We're going to have the internet police is coming to your home right now. We know where you are because of Wi-Fi, just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, while our mission here at Karma is to make sure that everyone is connected, it's surprisingly refreshing when you're not connected for 30 minutes and you get your connection back and, it, and the world is still there. Nothing really yeah. shocking happened. Um, yes, it and does. you start to feel happens. comfortable with the idea that if you can reach someone within 10 minutes, like... Most often, it's pretty much the time that you need to, uh, yeah. to reply. Donald Trump can say 16 offensive things in that time period, just so you know. <laughs> and you've got to be on top of those, like, absolutely. Yeah, well, if you miss the next taco bowl. Everything in real time. And, um, yeah, sometimes it's okay right. to, to miss out. <laughs> what, do you, um, what do you think of Google's Project Fi? 
Because it seems, you know, as though the wireless carriers really held a lot of the power over consumers for a while. I mean, with the advent of the smartphone, well, Apple was different and able to sort of call the shots. But now we're sort of seeing this power being sort of drawn into different areas. You know, you're trying to do that with your company, right? And Google essentially created its own wireless service and said, hey, with certain devices, you can use our Project Fi. Have you tried it? What do you think of it? I myself haven't tried it. I have a few colleagues here at Karma that have Google Fi, and they're they're quite happy with it. And from what we can see, what Google is doing is something that uh, we've been working on actively as well, is decoupling the data from the network. Um, So the way that we see it is the network guys are are the infrastructure people. So they want to make sure that the cell towers are up and running, that the connection is there. And then there are companies like Google, like Karma, that deliver a better service on top of that existing infrastructure. And what Project Fi is doing, which is even more impressive, is that they can switch between, I believe it's Sprint and T-Mobile in the background, where as a consumer, it really doesn't matter where the data is coming from. So a big fan of what what they're doing at Google. At Karma, we also don't bother our customers with where the data comes from. We believe connectivity should be there just like electricity. could come from any provider as long as it gets the job done. Um, It's a perfect example of putting the power of that connection in the hands of A, the consumer, but also the service and the company that is delivering a better experience than I would say any of the big four carriers can offer their customers. So do you think we're headed to a day where we don't have to go through cell phone carriers or we just need Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi service providers? And what's getting in the way of that? Uh, First of all, I think we're almost there. A really good example is what Apple has been doing with the iPad. If you buy a a 4G-enabled iPad, you can pick your carrier on the fly uh, while you set up your iPad. Um, It could be based on where you live. It could be based on your love and hate relationship with one of the big four. But we're we're almost there. And I always tend to believe that at some day, someone at Apple or Google will flip the native dialer and just turn on Hangouts or, uh, or FaceTime and just don't tell us. And I'm, I'm super excited about when that happens because then we can finally stop being married to one phone number and one provider and sort of pick the service that fits us, or that fits our lifestyle right there, right then. And yeah, sort of push the network guys to become infrastructure providers and leave the consumer relationship to uh, startups and Google like non-startups, but companies that understand software and better understand our needs as a, as a new type of data-hungry customer that sometimes could be offline for 30 minutes, but uh, not more than that. Yeah, you know, that, then they'd have to stop doing their stupid commercials. In a minute, we're going to read some of the comments from our readers and listeners. But first, today's show is brought to you by SoFi. SoFi is a new kind of finance company. They're helping people get out of student debt faster while saving them a lot of money. Refinancing student loans with SoFi saves members an average of $19,000, which is what I spent in Europe when I forgot to turn off the roaming. SoFi even partners with companies to help free employees of their debt. See how SoFi can help you at SOFI.com. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi.com legal. 
Every week we ask our readers and listeners to send in their questions about tech topics, and you can do that by tweeting us with the hashtag AskRecode. So this week, rather than um, solicit a ton of questions about Wi-Fi calling, we asked people to share some of their best stories or use cases for Wi-Fi calling, and we really did get a pretty tremendous response. Um, We'll start with um, Steve on Twitter. He's at Steve Midwest. He says, it's a nice option to use Google Hangouts often, voice or video. The Wi-Fi call experience now is really good for us here. So he's a fan of it. He's in the Midwest. He's in the Steve Midwest. Um, Wouldn't be funny if you were like Kara West Coast. (laughs) Kara, mayor of West Coast. Should be your new Twitter handle for when you're mayor. Shall be. Uh, we also have a comment from Michael Gartenberg. He's at Gartenberg. Hi, Michael. He says he loves Timo Wi-Fi calling feature. All of my iOS, OS X, OS 10 devices are now real phones. The, actually, have you ever used your Mac laptop as a phone? I use it yes. more increasingly now because yes. it, I get the little you know accepted decline so, notification. So they feel right like there. what you feel that they're that it's happening, Steve. Yeah, and and that's good. And I think for everyone, when your number or your identity is no longer tied to a single device is sort of where where I want to be, right? Whether it's my laptop, my browser, my iPod, my whatever device that comes out in the future, if people can reach me by sending a message to my identity, then I personally uh, couldn't be uh, more uh, bullish on that, that that is going to happen, and that's what we also want to have as a consumer. We don't have to be married to one, one single device. You keep saying married. Are you married to your device? That's a little... You know, I live in San Francisco, and that's just not okay here, even. You can, it's not okay. You can marry a goat in San Francisco, but you may not marry an iPhone. Interesting. I'm like, not, not yet. You've got to draw a line Another somewhere. thing that you can arrange when you're mayor. <laughs> yes. People can get married to their devices. Yeah, I'm already married to my device. I don't want a divorce right now. At John Fance said, I used it a while when I was abroad in Japan, had no need for international SIM, and I loved it. iPhone 6 on AT&T. And then Kitty Essily at Radio Kitty. Oh, that's nice. Last night. Oh, this is nice. She's like a haiku. Last night. FaceTime. Amazing quality. And I work in radio. She sounds like she's on like an NPR uh, show. Amazing quality. I'm actually uh, counting Amazing. Right now. Anyway, so <laughs> she had, these, these people have had really good experiences. And then someone was just in Munich, used it exclusively on hotel Wi-Fi for three calls the U.S. using AT&T iPhone. I have to say that that's been my experience too, international yeah. calling. So it's what, do you, really, what do you think really of that, useful. Steve, the international parts of it? Well, for me, thinking about being able to jump on a plane, go to London, go to Tokyo, and have the exact same experience, not having to worry about roaming fees and sort of changing and swapping SIM cards is part of that future where Wi-Fi is ubiquitous and carriers sort of do not exist for the consumer. Karma started out of the frustration that we had to turn our phones into airplane mode because we almost got hit by a $100 roaming fee to uh, figure out where our Airbnb was. Mm-hmm. And, and we're getting closer and closer to a point in time where that simply isn't necessary anymore. Uh, Wi-Fi is already everywhere. It's just really hard to sometimes find a stable and reliable connection. Um, and I think that's also the gap that we're trying to fill here with Karma. Uh, right now here and soon, like we're, uh, uh, we're ready to take this outside of the U.S. when, uh, um, uh, when we take that next step. 
Right. Some more stories, Lauren? Let's see. We have uh, Caleb Benoit who says, I use both Google Voice and FaceTime in my condo because my cell reception is awful. And he was not the only one that cited poor reception at home mm -hmm. as the real impetus for using this. Someone else wrote in, uh, Gino at Gen Zero says, I use it quite often because our lake house has zero coverage. FaceTime audio works and sounds really great. And this Adrian is the Herskovitz opposite use above. case. Yeah, I, I do most of my calls on WhatsApp. The audio quality is much better than traditional mobile. Calls. Yes. So these are people that aren't necessarily, you know, they're not uh, jet setting and that's the reason for using it, but they actually just say that there's a dead zone for whatever reason when they're sitting at home. And so the Wi-Fi calling has actually become a yeah, like here um, in Sand Hill Road, more viable a, option. You know, there's a dead zone right here in the middle of where everything got funded. <laughs> really? True. Absolutely. Right here on Sand Hill Road. We're on Sand Hill Road right now. We're, we're taping the, this. The, it's the ghost at a hotel VC, nearby. The go, like the Go figure. VC triangle or yeah. something. Maybe they should be yeah. funding more Wi-Fi calling apps. I don't know. But the, not everything is positive, though, now, Steve. Uh, August Bigelow, at Bigelow. I use Project at Project Fi, and the damn thing prefers cellular over Wi-Fi. Frustrating to force it. Works well when it does work. Mm-hmm. Someone else, uh, Neville at Neville Arthur wrote, yeah, the new S7, I'm guessing he's referring to the Galaxy S7, isn't playing well with Wi-Fi calling for me right now. And another uh, tweeter, Raphael Angel, he says, not necessarily better. Sometimes the Wi-Fi, for example, in public places is crappy and switching to data network is best. And, you know, it's, it's not foolproof. Like you said, Stephen, there, there have been gaps maybe of 30 minutes where you haven't been connected to the Internet. And for some people, if they need to make a phone call during that time, that could be a you know a deal breaker. So what do you what do you think we need to get there? What has to happen? For, for a big part for us is to push like the availability of Wi-Fi. What, like I just said, Wi-Fi is almost everywhere. Like we're in, we're in, in Manhattan. If I walk outside, there are probably 30, 40 Wi-Fi signals available, but only one or two that I could connect to. And often those are from poor quality. So when we figure out a way, um, and I think Karma is working on it, a story who, um, uh, who just launched a new router, mm -hmm, I think yeah. Hero, everyone is figuring out a way to get like more... Uh, reliable Wi-Fi sort of out there and that is going to help us like fill those quality gaps. Should the government pay for that? Should the government pay for full Wi-Fi everywhere? I don't think that that's a good idea. The consumer in my opinion are more than willing to pay for something that works well. Mm -hmm. Well roads work pretty good. Government paid for a lot of things like getting electricity everywhere, roads everywhere. It's something that could be. Yeah, a but you don't necessarily want a place where it's all state run no, no, communication no. systems. No. I mean, that's not necessarily, but they, they, you could look at this as a similar utility. But maybe not. Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's it's a big part of the discussion that we have at CARM is how do we make sure that, that more Wi-Fi becomes available. And one of our ideas here is to sort of put Wi-Fi in your pockets and allow you to share it and sort of bring it with you to make it more mobile. Wi-Fi often still today is tied to like one location whether that is Wi-Fi at the coffee shop or Wi-Fi at the airport, uh, it's just when you're there. Mm -hmm. And sort of elevating Wi-Fi to becoming more mobile, for me, is, is a big part of that puzzle that we're trying to solve to blanket cities and entire states and countries with Wi-Fi. Uh, and when we get there, we can slowly say goodbye to cellular connections, while at the same time, if we think about how the future might look in 10 years from now, cellular connections might even become better than Wi-Fi, which is a sort of interesting dilemma that a lot of the companies in this space are trying to figure out how do we make sure that every device on its own might get his connection. 
we might be able to put like LTE chips in every single piece of hardware that we own and we have to stop worrying about finding a Wi-Fi signal. And I think that's also, also the, the, the split where at some point we either go for full force Wi-Fi everywhere or we put more connectivity in these individual devices like your laptop, tablets, etc., to uh, actually avoid Wi-Fi. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the problems that uh, were just mentioned by some of the some of the people on Twitter are caused by the fact that Wi-Fi is not a great technology for long distance. If you put a plant before your Wi-Fi router 10 feet on, you cannot get a good connection. So figuring out how to solve these technologies with like evolutions of Wi-Fi and a stronger Wi-Fi signal uh, is what a lot of companies are focused on. And it will go in like either of those two directions. Either Wi-Fi will be everywhere or we'll put connectivity in each device and solve it in uh, in that way. Um, regardless of what the industry is doing, the consumers can push this by cutting the cord with their cellular providers in a similar way that they did it with content providers Mm -hmm. and sort of the cord cutter audience uh, is a big part of our customer base where we see an opportunity to do no longer sort of be tied to the bigger guys and uh, work with companies like a Karma or a Google or anyone that is in this space right now. So Stephen, we have one more question and then we're going to let you go. But I have a question about privacy. So there have been some concerns, um, especially, you know, in the U.S. in recent years over some of the tracking that's been going on of metadata of cellular calls. And so as people are using Wi-Fi calling methods instead, how private is that call? I mean, if someone's using something like a, you know, Karma Wi-Fi to make a phone call through a third-party app, what kind of footprint does that leave? It's a really good question. So from our end, we know what we are not tracking. So Karma only tracks data usage, uh, simply looking at bits and bytes consumed, and it's not tied to anything else than a username and password. Anyone could create a username and password. So from our point of view, uh, there is little to zero information about what people are doing while they are connected to Karma Wi-Fi. For the networks behind it, We've all heard the news in the, in the recent years that there is information being collected. And it's hard, I believe, as a consumer to figure out exactly what the government or the networks behind us really know about what you're doing. We advise our customers, when possible, to be connected to a VPN. Uh, we're exploring ways to always offer VPN services to our customers. Uh, Opera just launched a new browser uh, with a free, P- free VPN service. So a lot of the things that we as a consumer, but also as Karma can do, is uh, educate our customers how to be more secure than they would be if they don't do anything. Um, and as a company, we made the decision not to track anything that you're doing besides simply counting the bits and bytes consumed over a karma signal. Um, If you don't collect any information, it's hard to do anything with the information uh, simply because you do not have it. So short answer is use a VPN. Use a VPN at all times, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this issue. It's a really interesting concept, getting rid of cell phones, getting rid of cell numbers. This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. If you enjoyed the episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at itunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. 
And subscribing is great. You'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we will answer all the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. That's iTunes.com slash too embarrassed to ask. Or you can also listen on recode.net slash podcast. Still a lot of slashes in there. Slashes. There'll be slashes around. Lots of slashes. Slash you in a second. (laughs) And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. The Verge also has some great podcasts for your listening pleasure. Walt Mossberg and Neelai Patel host Control, Walt, Delete. Neelai also usually hosts The Vergecast. Chris Plant has What's Tech. And Liz Lopato and Emily Oshida host Verge ESP. God, you're so loyal to The Verge. I love but those Vergers. you love the Recode, don't you? I love them both. You're I'm both saying, my I'm just friends. saying. I like your loyalty. It's interesting. I'm a very loyal person. Yeah, you are. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag AskRecode. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions that you've been too embarrassed to ask. Tune in then.